Hello! If you're hearing this, that means you get the internet. And if you get the internet, that means you can watch the live stream of the live show that we just did recently. We did a half the Noose Olympian, half Potterless live stream live in North Carolina, and it was an absolute blast for TNO. We did the first two chapters of the first book in the Heroes of Olympus series. And for Potterless, we did an improvised Big Brother format where we put a bunch of Harry Potter pets in a battle to see which magical pet would reign supreme. The video has gorgeous visuals and crisp audio, and it's a multi-cam set up so it feels very dynamic like you were there you can watch that stream until march 17th at 11 59 p.m and you can get tickets at my website shubes s-c-h-u-b.es slash tour again that is s-c-h-u-b.es slash tour to watch the replay of the half potterless half the new Olympian live show that we did recently i hope you enjoy it sup nerds it's basketball welcome to horse a basket uh Happy April Fool's Day! Before I continue my first ever journey through the Harry Potter series, just a few quick announcements. It is the first episode of Potterless in April, and here at Potterless we donate $1 every month for each patron that we have on our team over at patreon.com slash potterless to a different charitable cause. And as I mentioned a couple episodes ago, this month we will be giving to a fund that is supporting the families affected by the Christchurch shootings. At the time of recording, we have 756 patrons, meaning I donated $756 to a long good campaign called United for Christchurch Mosque Shootings. The campaign ended at the end of March. So if you want to support these victims, there's a great New York Times article about how you can help. And that is how I found this charity. There are some other charities as well that you can support. Second, I just wanted to give a friendly reminder that Potterless has a merch store. If you go to bit.ly slash merch on, you can get a whole bunch of Potterless merchandise. We have shirts in all the different house colors. We have pins. We have stickers. We have posters, all sorts of good stuff. Amazing artists made all of these items possible. And I love all of them so much, and I hope you do too. Again, you can go to bit.ly slash on to get that merchandise today. And speaking of amazing people making awesome things possible, we have new patrons to welcome to the team. So shout out to Katie Morris, Brindis Inga Borstein-Daughter, Richard Krutz-Landry, Natalie Ubbin, Karen Joanne Killian, Tatiana Schmitova, Remco Hatters, Stefan, Lauren Runda, and Tara, and a huge shout out to our new producer-level patrons, Jenny Campione, Nikki Harris, Kara Hamilton, and Dorcas. They join the ranks of Leanne, Vicky, Aaron, Erica, Calvin, Jesse, Natalie, Deborah, Clow, Frank, Marchismo, Tori, Samantha, Juan, Kieran, Rebecca, Abid, Caitlin, Rosemary, Jill, Marie, Lisa, Ariel, Romina, Kamel, Russell, Dustin, Audra, Eleanor, Sydney, Billy, Rossane, Andrea, Nikita, Lala, Chelsea, Taylor, Lovekesh, Ali, Cassandra, Roxy, Emilia, Sean, Sarah, Ben, Rachel, Zachary, Jessica, Arna, Tiago, Daisy, Jessica, Orchid, Steve, Vivian, Takari, Haley, Marino, Moster, Pinky, Angelina, Ross, Marie, Phineas, Lee, Alex, Brian, Caitlin, Finn, Mosin, Grace, Sammy, Raul, Ingen, Mari, Brianne, Heidi, Alexandra, John, Jen, Noel, Tao, Emily, Michael, Robin, Patricia, Will, Liz, Mariah, Brandon, Sarah, Clark, Teal, Cena, Rory, Gloria, Sarah, Patrick, Alicat, Hallie, Veronica, Kevin, Lada, Noah, Tracy, Lucinda, Carlos, Pam, Nikki, Colleen, Jennifer, Friday, Ivor, Naomi, Tyler, Summer, Heather, Vera, Kerry, Andrea, Topher, Ella, Anthony, Dead Cat Lady, David, Lisa, Lynn, Emily, Ryan, Cameron, Justin, Christine, Jacob, Toothless, Maya, Mark, Polly, Kimberly, Srujan, Brittany, Nita, Bavi, Tumnus, Remy, Matt, Sarah, Lauren, Nona, Kyle, Zena, Emily, Colleen, Harlan, Akanksha, Wouter, Shelby, Noelia, Reese, Clark, Adriana, Brian, Yukamip, Washin, and Can't I Potter? Who never do that thing where you tie your shoelace so tight that you can't untie it. If you want to be like one of these amazing patrons and get access to bonus episodes, discounts on the merchandise that's at bit.ly slash merch on and other amazing features, you can go to patreon.com slash Potterless. But without further ado, let's get into episode 71 of Potterless, covering chapter 20 of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, guest starring my sister, Megan Fruhoff. Hello, Internet, and welcome back 
to another episode of Potterless, the tale of a 26-year-old man reading the Harry Potter series for the very first time. My name is Mike Schubert. I'm that 26-year-old man, and I am joined for her second run at the podcast, Ooh. my beloved sister who wanted me to read these books for so long, and now I'm finally <laughs> doing it. My university, I don't know, did you see that uh, Rice University put me in the, uh, the 20 under 30? <gasps> Mom! told me Uh, I have to tell you this I feel really bad because sometimes I like think that I've called you and congratulated you for something because mom's the one that tells me about it and then I'm like that's awesome go Mike and then I forget that you weren't the one that told me mom just like always fills me in on your life Uh, yeah, so I am a 20 under 30 media luminary for Rays University. It's funny because they wrote the whole big thing. It's like, by day, he's an engineer. By night or whatever, he does this <laughs> Like <podcast>. you're Batman. <laughs> yeah, like I'm a superhero or something. But also the day that the article came out was the day I quit my engineering job <laughs> to do digital marketing because it like took them a while to like actually make the magazine and all that. Oh, but what's funny, so funny is, I don't know if you've read it, but like it has the whole story of me starting the podcast. And when I told the lady interviewing it to me, I was like, yeah, the reason I didn't read the books and stuff in the beginning was like with Megan and my sister and, and all this other stuff. But then the reason I actually started the podcast was Kelly. And when they wrote the article, they were like, yeah, we, we really crammed for space since there's 20 people that we got to write about. So I kind of, we just had to cut the Kelly stuff and it's just about your sister. Yes. <laughs> Kelly Sorry, Kelly. Upset. <laughs> Especially because she went to Rice and like they yeah. could have highlighted her. I mean, Kelly is more instrumental to the podcast actually happening. You were just instrumental to making sure I didn't read them as a kid. <laughs> well, I mean, not intentionally. Not, not ha- yeah, of I course was arguing the other way, but you didn't <laughs> want to listen to me, I guess. It's your fault for liking The Lion Witch in the Wardrobe, or at least my I'm telling no, you that you I it. never liked that book. Mom told me you did. That is false. That is false. That is Barbara. <laughs> classic Barb. Oh, by the way, classic Barb just finally mm-hmm. started reading the Harry Potter books. Oh, I saw it. She sent me a screenshot from her Kindle. Oh, she was I know. like, Look, she was I'm like, finally doing it. I know. And maybe she'll finally listen to Potteros now. She asks me every time I'm home, Michael, how do I subscribe to your podcast? <laughs> and how do I support on Patreon? <laughs> and I always send a link. And I'm pretty sure I've like downloaded Potterless onto the Apple yes. Podcasts app on her phone. <laughs> I know. I showed her where her podcasting app was on her phone. I walked her through it already. And I asked her tonight because she told me she was like halfway done with the first book. And I was like, so are you listening along to the podcast as you're reading? And she was like, no, my plan is I'm going to read the book and then watch the movie and then listen to the podcast for each book. And I was like, okay, mom, but you realize you can follow along chapter by chapter in the podcast with your just son. like you read it. <laughs> She's like, no, I'm just going to procrastinate listening to my only son's <laughs> podcast as long as possible. <laughs> it's okay. Let it go as far as it can in the future because when she eventually starts listening, she's like, Michael, you curse so much. Oh my gosh, I know. <laughs> I'm sure she'll get over it. I don't she'll know. She'll be fine. I'm a gr- <laughs> No, Barb and Joel have gotten to the point where I can curse in front of them and it's okay. I know. The first time I ever cursed in front of Barb and Joel is when I found out that my high school girlfriend, Kayla, I found out she cheated on me. <gasps> 
bitch. The worst. So I was so upset, obviously. Yeah. And I just started yelling stuff out in the kitchen. And I think the first, I think it was the first time I cursed in front of them and they didn't yell at me for it because I used to say things like, damn, and then Barbara yeah. would be like, Michael. I know. They wouldn't <laughs> so, even let us say hell or shut up. Remember, we weren't piss. allowed to say shut up. That one I actually kind of get. Yeah. More so than like the half curses, like saying ass or damn or whatever. I get it too, but we would get in real trouble for mm-hmm. that. And yeah. we weren't allowed to watch Ren and Stimpy. We were not, which honestly <laughs> probably a good decision looking I know, back. That show I know. was real weird. There's so many things that we weren't allowed to do in childhood that looking back, I'm like, hmm, that was probably a good idea, Mom really and Dad. Really good call, Barbara. Even though I hated you for it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I just like yelled out there, like, you know, I told them the whole thing, blah, blah, blah. And then I just like yelled at the top of my lungs, like, she fucking cheated on me and they were just like let it out wow <laughs> and, they, and i just like vented for 15 minutes and they were just like yep cool get I out know. of your system that's awesome now i will occasionally say some lewd things and they're okay with it hopefully they're Same. in the podcast okay we've been talking for a bunch of minutes about our mom <laughs> let's talk about harry potter oh barb, oh, barb. <laughs> she'll never hear this because she'll never listen to the podcast anyway <laughs> or it'll be like 2023 hello barbara <laughs> how is it being a prime citizen in Jeff Bezos' America. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, so chapter 20 is called Xenophilia's Love Good. What a name. What, what a, a name. name. <laughs> <laughs> if you have recalled from last time, Ron is back, but Hermione's still grumpy with him. And the chapter begins with it being the morning and Hermione's still upset. And narrator Harry's like, huh, Hermione was still upset in the morning. Harry really thought she was going to just sleep it off. <laughs> no, I think it actually says he's not surprised that oh, she's not still surprised. Ups- upset. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good, 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 good. Yeah. I thought Harry was being like, oh, come on, Hermione. You went to bed. You're supposed to be happy now. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, he <laughs> says, and he was therefore unsurprised that oh, she communicated mainly by dirty looks and pointed silences. <laughs> mm, I missed the un part, which yeah. is very essential to unsurprised. <laughs> yeah, Harry's not that thick, I guess. <laughs> Ron, on the other hand, like, damn, she's still mad. <laughs> <laughs> but Ron will soon be scheming to make that not a thing. Yes. So, so Hermione's upset. Ron is feeling very excited, though, because he keeps thinking about the good things that have happened, like the dough, the destruction of the locket, the fact that they have the sword. Yeah. Harry also is feeling optimistic. And Ron and Harry step aside and they catch up about what each of the two have been up to while the other has been gone. Yeah. So Ron tells him about what he's been up to, etc. They are on a complete horcrux high. Oh, yeah. They're so excited that they killed one mm-hmm. and they're just like, super motivated and Hermione can't really see past this because she's still kind of grumpy about Ron but I think secretly she's optimistic too but I don't think Hermione ever lost the optimism that they were going to be able to do all this where like obviously Ron did and Harry just gets discouraged when he doesn't have immediate gratification so Mm -hmm. (laughs) sounds like the harry potter that i know and love or (laughs) kind of love (laughs) love at times yeah so who do you i'm I'm sure you probably talked about this with whoever Mm -hmm. you're recording the last chapter with but who do you think sent the dough? So we talked about what I hope it's not. Okay. But we didn't <laughs> talk about who I think it is. So what I hope it's not is mainly that I hope that the dough 
has nothing to do with Harry or James's Patronus being a stag. Was James's Patronus a stag or just his animagus form? Both. Okay, it was both. Mm-hmm. So here's what I fear. I'll say really quickly since I said this last episode. I'm afraid that the doe might be Snape's because it was Lily's and Lily's was a doe because James's was a stag and I would hate that. Okay. The other thing that I think it might be, which I would also hate, is that if Ginny's is a doe because Harry's is a stag. I basically just don't but want... But I think we know Ginny's is not. Is, oh, is it? Did she do a Patronus for anything? Well, yeah, I think when they were in the DA, I don't remember what it is, oh, but I right, thought like... Be, oh, no, isn't it a... Hermione's is an otter. Yeah, is there like a dolphin? I can't remember. Like, I I'm gonna think Google. you should Google. Can I'm, you Google it and make sure it's not a spoiler? Yeah, I'll Google it. It's uh, a horse. A horse. Huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I like it. Very majestic. Mm-hmm. Did we learn that in the fifth book? I feel like we did. And I also feel like they show it to you in the movie. Okay. At the same time, I think... Harry knows it's not Ginny. Okay. I don't know. Well, before posting this episode, I'll make sure I'll do the research. And if we're wrong, editing Mike will swoop in and it'll be like, you dumb person. (laughs) 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 You forgot a thing that happened because that's how (laughs) editing Mike talks. Oh, past Mike, you did forget a thing that happened. They mentioned previously that Ron's Patronus is a Jack Russell Terrier. And it's very funny because at the time of recording, I just read chapter 32 of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. And guess what? The Jack Russell Terrier comes back. Hmm, coincidence? I think not. This has been editing, Mike. I always talk like this. Basically, I just don't want the dough to be because of someone else's being a stag. And that's really all it is because I just feel like people's Patronuses should be their own self-expression, so to speak. And if someone is a doe because of Harry or his dad's being a stag, I'll be upset. Okay. So I don't know who would have sent it. I really don't have a guess. But unfortunately, like I'm leaning towards Snape just because I feel like he has to be good in at least some realm for people to kind of like this guy. And it's been six and two thirds books and this dude's done nothing good, at least aside from being a mole with Dumbledore, but he's never done anything that we can just point to and be like, look, here's a good thing that Snape has done. Yeah. So I think this might be him because he might actually have real access to the sword given his position. Okay. So it is in play. So I, I guess my guess would be Snape. But if his is a doe because of Lily's is a doe because of James's is a stag, I'll be super upset. <laughs> okay. It sounds too coincidental, but we don't know that Lily's wasn't a doe before she fell in love with James either. Oh, yeah, right. Like, we don't know that it definitely changed from one thing to another thing. You know Tonks and, yes, and Remus, and obviously. Exactly. So Tonks has changed when she fell in love with Remus. Yes. We don't know that Lily's changed when she fell in love with James. Right. It could have always been a doe, and because they're soulmates, it could have just worked out. Yeah. Or it could have changed. We, we just don't really know. I think either way it makes me upset. <laughs> I think they should be more weird pairings. That's true. And also maybe because it's really advanced magic, she couldn't have tried it before they were married or something. Yeah, who knows? It's kind of weird that they have like Patronuses already being so young, I guess. That's true. You got to keep in mind they were young, young, young. So that's the thought. We'll figure out who the doe is. Okay. Ron and Harry catch up about what each other has been up to. And Ron asks how they figured out the taboo. And Harry, a.k.a. the reader, asks what? Yeah. And Ron reveals that saying Voldemort is how the Death Eaters now track people because the name has been jinxed. And I, how the, how do you, 
how do you jinx every single person saying a word? Well, how, like how the hell do you do that? It's got to be some kind of like weird evil magic. I, I don't know if it's the same, like the coins that Hermione developed that she based off of the dark mark and, and yeah. they all kind of like feel it and get summoned. I don't know if it's some kind of similar magic. Like, I don't know. Like does Voldemort know Beetlejuice and Beetlejuice was like, Hey, I got this thing <laughs> where if people Voldemort, say my Voldemort, name, Voldemort, Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> if they say it just once though, you can see where they are. The point that Ron goes on to make makes it actually really smart and strategic. It just yes. seems ridiculous to me that you could put a jinx on every single person saying a word. That seems nuts. Well, I think, I think it's more like a tracker. I, I don't think it's a jinx. I think it's like they know where they are once they say it, mm-hmm. which also is kind of weird. But it's not like anything bad happens to you because you say it. It's just that people know where you are so that they can go and make something bad happen to you. Yeah. Like they can apparate to where you are. It doesn't like, you know, they're not like all of a sudden stunned or whatever it just it allows the death eaters to find you yeah i'm also imagining that voldemort when he developed this jinx or found this out or however he figured out to make this work he was doing it to see if people are talking smack about him behind his back mm-hmm. okay how do i see if people are talking smack about me behind <laughs> my back if anyone says my name i will get an alert on this gps tracker and then i will teleport to them and say don't be talking badly about me yaxley it's true well you have to remember he is like the most paranoid person ever oh yeah so maybe he originally developed it for the death eaters because none of them call him voldemort they call him the dark lord Mm -hmm. whatever which is a cooler name than voldemort i agree like the dark lord sounds so much more intimidating voldemort is this dumb anagram it's like oh no no it's french for the flight of death okay voldemort cool Real cool. <laughs> Don't act like you know French. I wish that in the French version of Harry Potter, it was an anagram where it like spelled an English word. <laughs> like Voldemort was yeah. English for flight of death. <laughs> like, isn't it? <laughs> it was just flight of death. But well, the one thing I do love about the French version is that they had to rearrange the name. So it was Je suis. Vo- oh, nice. <laughs> like, it had to be Je suis Voldemort. So they made his middle name Elvis because you had to get the letters in there. <laughs> that is Awesome. <laughs> I guess you really have to think about that kind of stuff when you're translating. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Oh, if you want a good time, look at just the Wikipedia page of all the f- words in Harry Potter's in different languages. Quidditch is a really fun one, which has a bunch of weird names in a bunch of different countries. And I think in some country it's called Dunk Ball. It's called something <laughs> way cooler. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> There's a bunch of real fun names. So... Ron says that it makes sense because the only people who ever said Voldemort's name are the people who stood up to him. Mm -hmm. So Dumbledore, Harry, Order of the Phoenix members, whoever it is that is actually going to be not afraid to say Voldemort, those are the people that they want to try to find. And apparently they almost got Kingsley Shacklebolt with this new jinx and I would have been heartbroken. Apparently Uh. Kingsley Shacklebolt is okay though. According to Ron, he got away, but now he's on the run. I wish nothing but the best for Kingsley Shacklebolt. I, I also want a spinoff book about this Kingsley Shacklebolt escapade. He's such an interesting character that we don't know that much about. I don't want to see these new Fantastic Beast movies about people that I don't care about. Yeah. And it's all a bunch of white people that I don't give a damn about. I want to learn about Kingsley Shacklebolt. Give me the Kingsley Shacklebolt yeah. biopic. Give me the McGonagall origin story. I don't care about these new Definitely people. McGonagall. I don't care about Jason, whatever the hell, like muggle dude who 
fake stuff. I don't give a damn. I really like <laughs> learning about Grindelwald, but I wish it wasn't Johnny Depp. Don't we all? I just like, Don't we of all? <laughs> hey, it's editing Mike again. Just keep in mind, I recorded this months ago, so I know we're all tired of the Johnny Depp stuff. Thankfully, we don't say anything more about it. I do think it's interesting, especially like after you finish this book, just because... Mm-hmm. I'll actually know stuff about Grindelwald more than just that he's pretty. Yeah, I guess. You don't really learn all that much, but, like, it's just enough to spark your interest. And, like, you already know he's, like, the second darkest wizard to Voldemort, Mm -hmm. but he's, like, his predecessor. So Mm -hmm. it's just interesting to be like, oh, yeah, I guess there were other evil people before Voldemort, and I wonder what they did. The only two things I know about Grindelwald is that he was cute and he got his ass kicked by Dumbledore and that's it. Maybe three, he's evil as hell. So I know three things. (laughs) Evil, cute, ass kicked by Dumbledore. I think you should know this and maybe you just didn't put two and two together, but it's not really like a secret. It's more of like a timeline thing. So his like rise to power was 1945. Oh, yes. It's very parallel to... Hitler. Obviously, he, yeah. That's why I always try to call him Wizard Hitler and Voldemort Wizard Satan. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of <laughs> makes you wonder, you know, if she might kind of tie those together or not. I, I don't mm, really know. It will be interesting. But anyway, anyway, Ron says that Kingsley's on the run, but he's all right. Harry, being a big dumb idiot, asks, oh, was it Kingsley who sent the dough? And Ron says, remember that time 12 chapters ago when he sent us a lynx, you big dumb idiot? <laughs> <laughs> but then Ron doesn't look so smart because he wonders if the dough was sent by Dumbledore. And Harry says, remember that book? About uh, his like, death? At the end of the last time when Dumbledore died and then we all went to his funeral. Uh, so. And he's like, and plus his is a phoenix. So yeah. He wouldn't cheat. If your Patronus is a phoenix. Yeah. Like, you won the Patronus lottery. That is way lottery. cooler. Yeah. Um, I think maybe a dough instead. <laughs> Should we? Should we change it? Nah. I don't know, a resurrecting firebird or like a common deer. Yeah, a thing that gets, you know, stuck in the road and then makes people pay (laughs) thousands upon thousands of dollars of car insurance. I had to drive in the Northeast for the first time in my career when Kelly and I were going to upstate New York for a Rice alumni thing. Oh my gosh, I forgot you didn't. I never drove because I moved at age 14, so I never had to deal with it. Yeah, I was going to say, I got my driver's license in New Jersey. The amount of stress that I was under driving in the woods of the Northeast because I saw dozens of deer just hit and then on the side of the road. And I knew growing up that all of our parents and friends' parents just hated deer so much because basically you would just not see one and then you have to pay thousands of dollars and then the deer doesn't have car insurance. Yeah. So you have to worry about all of it. So all the people that we knew in the Northeast were like, I hate deer so much. <laughs> and now I finally get it. I was so stressed out driving. Ah, oh, it was oh, yeah. horrible. It was horrible. Well, have you ever, like, when we drive, when we drive to a few ranches even down here they're pretty prevalent and you gotta be careful uh, yeah but um not to one-up you or anything no go for it please um, <laughs> so craig and lucia our friends they got married in montana mm-hmm. big sky montana they got married in the summer and because it's like a ski town it was kind of expensive to fly into that airport so a lot of people flew into different airports and drove like we flew into Salt Lake City and rented a car and drove makes sense yeah and i think our other friends did the same thing they just weren't on the same flight as us as they're driving he hits a moose woof a moose in a rental car Ugh. at like 2 in the morning and he has a baby in the car like it was insane oh my gosh. but talk about talk about wrecking a car 
It was totaled. <laughs> the only good thing about that is that when you get rental car insurance, you just do that thing where you pay $15 a day and they cover literally everything. You don't even have to do that. Your own car insurance will cover Right. It. I have to do that, though, because I live in New York City. I'm a big New York City boy and my car is the subway, so I don't have car insurance anymore. Oh, well, which yeah. Which is so good. It's so <laughs> good. Because car insurance was like 130 bucks a month. Oh, lucky you. Which was annoying because I was a good driver and I never got into any accidents ever. Ugh. And now I'm going to knock on wood, I guess, so that, like, the subway doesn't hit things. That's actually really cheap for car insurance, too. I mean, yeah, well, because I was driving the junky car that mom and dad gave me. It was, like, graduation present. Here's a car with 197,000 miles on it, Michael. Happy graduation. Here's a 17-year-old car. <laughs> I didn't get a car from them until I had a baby. <laughs> At least you got a new one, though. I remember people in high school being like, oh, my parents got me a car for my 17th birthday, but it's like a used Hyundai. It's like I have to borrow my parents' car. And after graduating college, I got a dinky ass Nissan Maxima that I love with all of my heart. But still, it was <laughs> falling apart. Nobody should complain ever. Remember they saved the Jetta for oh, me? No, that the car, 90. But that car was literally against the law. It was illegal to drive that car because the safety was on it was so bad. So it had no airbags. <laughs> And it had roll down windows, a 94 Jetta, and they saved it for me. And then like a year, uh, probably like a half a year before I got my license, they were like, oh shit, this car isn't safe. It is a death trap. It is a death rectangle You can't with drive wheels. this. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <sighs> so that car that you told me was going to be my car, now it's not. And now I have to reason with you to borrow your mm -hmm. car. <laughs> oh my goodness, fun times. Well, anyway, Harry Potter. Ron cites Tonks' Patronus changing and Harry asks why wouldn't Dumbledore just show up if he's still around or able to yeah. send Patronuses, which is a good point. Ron fully trusts Dumbledore now given that the put-outer, not the deluminator, the put-outer okay, has saved him. Okay, I... <laughs> have to talk to you about No, we this. don't, guys. I've done it on so many episodes. Every time it comes no, up, no, people no, are going to No, 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 no. I me. read this. Please, I read okay. this thing. Okay, I got to pull it up. Oh, geez. Okay, so I read this thing on Reddit today because it's not just a put-outer, obviously. You know this because it brought Ron back to them. Uh-huh. Okay, so listen to this fan theory I read on Reddit. Link me this fan theory afterwards so I can tell them that they're wrong. Okay, anyway... <laughs> The girl who wrote its name is douchebag underscore Karen with two R's. Amazing. Anyway, it says, I've always looked at it as the put-outer was a prototype. I've heard this, yeah. In the first book, Dumbledore has to click the device for every light he wants to extinguish. It does say that he clicks it 12 times in the book. And in book seven, the deluminator has clicked once and removes all the light in the room. I assume this is the finished product that Dumbledore worked all the kinks out of. Okay. I like this theory. This makes sense. Like, I can understand this being a theory and that how it actually works. But what I still believe to be true, even if this theory is true, is that J.K. Rowling realized she came up with a shitty name for her thing. Oh, I'm sure. And then just tried to, like, sweep it under the rug. Because when the squad gets the will and Harry hears that it's called the Deluminator, he, without missing a step, he's like, oh, yeah, the Deluminator. And it's like, no, Harry, you thought it was called the Put-Outer for two books or at least one book. In the fifth book, you, as the narrator, called it the Put-Outer. Yeah. So, anyway, because <laughs> of the Put-Outer... Yeah. 
slash deluminator, whatever you want to call it. Ron fully trusts Dumbledore. Harry is less confident in Dumbledore because he's been a brat for the past couple chapters. He asks if Ron has read the Dumbledore stuff that Rita Skeeter wrote. And Ron says, oh yeah, but come on, Dumbledore was so young. And then Harry interrupts and goes, our age, which I hate. I know, he's so set on that. I know. He's like, this teenage life that I'm living is like... I've been, I have so much knowledge. Yeah, Cecilia and I talked about this last episode, but (laughs) you're going to go back and look at yourself, Harry, when you read these books that J.K. Rowling wrote. You're going to look back and be like, wow, I was so dumb. I was so dumb. Like we all did about us at age 17. Everyone. Well, and I also think he just doesn't want to think that he won't be friends with Ron and Hermione anymore. Yeah. Because obviously Dumbledore and Grindelwald were not friends anymore. And so he doesn't want to like, look back and be like, oh, I was so young when I was friends with them and I'm not friends with them anymore. Yeah, I get it. But he's also just being pissy. Oh, totally. It's Harry. I mean. Harry then engorgios a spider, which I first thought he was doing despite Ron, but apparently... So did Ron. Yeah, so did Ron. <laughs> apparently he's just testing out his new wand. But then Harry's like, oh, I forgot. It's like, this is Ron's one big fear. You're supposed <laughs> to be his best friend. Like, get it together, Harry. Be a good friend. He's got a lot on his mind, okay? But just, like, maybe not a spider. He's trying to save the world here. He's trying to save the world. Give him a break. Uh, So Harry just can't quite get this new wand to work perfectly. He says that when he tries minor charms, they just don't have the same power that he did with his old wand. The wand chooses the wizard. (laughs) Yeah, Ollivander pops out of a bush. Hey! I don't think that wand is your wand. Let me be really (laughs) creepy and keep talking about wood and wood length with these (laughs) 10-year-old children. Ollivander was so creepy. That dude is scary. I do not like Ollivander. (laughs) I was scared to go to Ollivander's in Harry Potter world. I was afraid. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, I'm a grown adult. (laughs) So you didn't buy a wand then? I didn't buy the wand that costs 50 cents to make, but they charge $50. Um, Excuse me. You're not like a real Harry Potter nerd until I until I waste money. No, I spent money on good things like butterbeer. I fully expected you to come back with like a full garb. I mean, I will get Harry Potter stuff, but I want useful Harry Potter things. Okay. Like I'll get a bunch of Harry Potter, I don't know, mugs or shot glasses or wall art or notebooks or whatever. I'm not going to get a freaking plastic cylinder that... You know, they make a deluminator. Oh, gross. (laughs) I think it's actually like a lighter too. If it's called the put outer, I'm in. I have seen people send me things where some things are called the put outer. Like it's called the put outer in a card game. And then there's like old toys that came out before the seventh book came out where it's called the put outer because it wasn't called the deluminator until book seven. So there's a decent amount of merch where it's called the put outer. I would buy one of those and be like, ha Narrator Harry explains that he thought of saying, fine, you take it, but he decided not to so that he could keep their friendship intact. Oh, Harry, what a saint. (laughs) So back at camp, Ron tries to set up a radio saying that there is one program that tells the news like it is, which is basically the wizard version of Pod Save America. So is there Pod Save England? Is he trying to like tune in? (laughs) This is great podcast. It's It's hosted by these old speech writers. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, he's definitely not trying to find Breitbart Radio or whatever the hell Alex Jones does now that he's gotten kicked off and banned from everything. He's looking for John Oliver. (laughs) Yeah, he's trying to find Last Week Tonight. Yes, my favorite show. (laughs) (laughs) So Ron says that they changed their location 
location every single night and there's a password to tune in. Ron is trying to get in though because he missed the password last time. Hermione pulls Harry aside while this is going on and says that she wants to find Xenophilius Lovegood. She says that it's about that mark, the triangle with the circle in the middle of it, which is in Beetle the Bard. It's what Xenophilius wore to the wedding. It's Grindelwald's thing. And she also found it in another instance. She shows Harry that in the Rita Skeeter book, in the letter that Dumbledore wrote to Grindelwald, when he signed it, Albus Dumbledore or Albus or whatever, he replaced the A in Albus with the what we now will learn is the Deathly Hallows logo, which, first off, very crafty Dumbledore, mm -hmm. but also I'm very intrigued about what this means, and this has been very interesting yeah, for me. I wanted me. to ask you. So I know that this thing exists. I literally know nothing about it. I don't know what the Deathly Hallows are. I don't oh, know you will what learn the Triangle with me Circle and is. I, cannot I don't wait. know if it's good or whatever. <laughs> yeah, at the time of recording, I've only read chapter 20. I have no idea what it is. I've just seen it everywhere. So... She shows him this, and Hermione also points out that it was on a grave in Godric's Hollow, meaning that this sign predates Grindelwald, which gives me some hope that it's not a wizard swastika or something. <laughs> it's not bad. Yes, which is exactly how Crumb interpreted it. Exactly. But speaking of wizard swastikas, I don't know if I've talked about this on an episode or just in public. Ah, uh, let me stop you right there, past Mike. Hey, it's editing, Mike. How's it going, listeners? Ah, uh, it's been so long. You already talked about this on an episode, so I'm going to delete this portion of the conversation, but I'm keeping in the part where you and Megan talk about Disney villains because Disney villains are fantastic. And listeners, please cut past Mike some slack. He has a lot of conversations about Harry Potter, and sometimes he forgets which ones get recorded and which ones don't. He wants to make sure everything gets documented, so sometimes he talks about the same thing more than once. And I know it's frustrating, but I hope you understand. Anyway, here's that bumbling idiot past Mike who keeps saying the same things all the damn time. Uh, I just, I don't understand anyone that would want to get it. It's not like the Death Eaters are cool. No. <laughs> it's not like an outlandish and crazy villain like the Decepticons from Transformers, because the Death Eaters clearly are written to teach a lesson to children to not be racist. It's not like the Decepticons are teaching a life lesson. It's just like, oh, there are the bad planes and yeah. the bad cars. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I like Megatron. I like Starscream. He has a cool name and a high pitched You're out nerding me with this <laughs> Transformer thing. Uh, let's see. What's something less? <laughs> let's bring it back to witches and wizards here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm trying to think of just like a cool villain. Like it's not, it's like a, uh, I was going to say a Disney villain, but they are definitely told to teach children lessons too. <laughs> but they're also cool. Uh, Especially the newer ones. Yeah. Tamatua from Moana is amazing. Is that the crab that's from it's Flight the of the Congress? Yeah. I love him. That's good. He's my favorite. <laughs> that song is good. Shiny, dope He's like song. one of my favorite villains. Although Hans from Frozen is like- Pretty mean. good. I he saw it coming, pretty but pretty good. I didn't see it coming. And oh, he you met this guy mean. two days ago? Hey, can you just like watch over the kingdom real quick while I find my sister who can create sentient life out of inanimate objects that we're just not going to address? <laughs> She's literally hey, gone. They're making a Frozen 2. They're making a Frozen, frozen two, 2 electric boogaloo. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> 2 Fro 2 Zen. <laughs> Travis, we were watching it tonight actually with Rory. Who is a patron, got to admit. Yes. My 2-year-old niece so good. You know who's not? <laughs> Barbara Schubert, my mother. <laughs> I don't, just or don't Joel. know how to get Patreon to work. <laughs> Or how to even listen to your podcast. <laughs> Why have we made mom an old Jewish woman? I don't know, but I she love She does it. have a New York accent that I like can't hear, but everyone makes fun of. So I need to like channel it. Only when she says certain things. Sella. Coffee. She says coffee real bad. Trav always makes, she doesn't make fun of it. He 
he always points out that she says Houston instead of oh, Houston. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the first time he's like, your mom never pronounces the H in Houston. <laughs> she doesn't believe in H's. <laughs> <laughs> Not when they're in front of U's. <laughs> I love this book, Harry Potter. <laughs> Hermione's my favorite character. <laughs> Hermione, she would probably say that. I wonder how she will pronounce her name, actually. We'll have to see. Totally sidetracked. Oh, frozen, frozen. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Let's get back to the Yeah, the tangent to the tangent. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So Trav, tonight when we were watching it, said Frozen 2 was going to be about um, (laughs) Weaseltown's revenge. (laughs) (laughs) I hope it is. Or Wesselton's. Yeah, the, the little it's nerdy Wesselton. dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that'll be very. Did fun. you have you ever seen Zootopia? I did. It was good. It was it was all right. It wasn't my favorite, but it was pretty solid. Okay, so you you know the weasels in there? They say the town of Wesselton, and he goes, "It's Weaseltown." <laughs> <laughs> they like flip up. That's very good. Disney's so clever. love a good inside joke. <laughs> Oh, geez, Pasma, you might as well just make me a co-host with all the times I got to butt into this episode. I got to stop you right there because it's time for Wingardium at Radosa. Today's episode of Potterless is brought to you by Tavor. I know that there is nothing more satisfying at the end of a hard day than to kick back and crack open a beer and just relax. But you want to just be able to go in and say Accio beer, right? But uh, we're just muggles and Harry Potter's a fiction novel, so we can't do that. What would be the next best thing? If beer was delivered directly to your door. And what could even be better than that is if it's not just regular beer like Bud Light, but it's actually handcrafted, independently brewed beer that you have selected yourself. Well, how are you going to do that? No, not magic. Tavor, which is the closest thing to magic you're going to get. With Tavor, you can browse rare beers crafted by independent brewers throughout the country and get them delivered to your door. And you get a special discount because you're a Potterless listener. You can get $10 of credit after making your first $25 purchase if you put the code Potterless into the app. So download the Tavor app. When you sign up, it'll prompt you a code. You can type Potterless. Or if you make a mistake, don't worry. When you're in the app regularly, you can tap those three little lines on the side, then scroll down to promo code and type in Potterless. And you will get $10 in credit after you make your first purchase of $25 or more. And remember when I said the best thing is getting beer that you you've selected delivered directly to your door. Well, you know what's even better than that? Free beer. And you can get that if you use the code Potterless when you download the app Tevor. So download Tevor today. And now you'll hear words from a few sponsors who make it feasible for me to be a full-time podcaster. Some of these ads will be read by me. Others of them won't. The ones that aren't are inserted locally. So if you live internationally, don't be surprised if you hear an ad in your country's native language. And once those ads are complete, we'll get back to this episode of Potterless. This episode of Potterless is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Now, in the Harry Potter world, you have troubles with cell phones in that no one can use them on Hogwarts because technology gets all wonky and stuff. In the non-wizarding world, you have troubles with cell phones in that you can have awful contracts where you get ripped off all the time. Now, you can have a solution to that problem by using Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile sells wireless phone service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and they pass those sweet savings on to you so that you can get wireless plans as cheap as 15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. You won't have to worry about overpriced monthly bills or unexpected overages. And also, every plan comes with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. I have Mint Mobile hooked up on my work phone right now, and... 
Every phone call I've had, crystal clear. Every time I've had to use data, very quick. Using hotspots is something that I also get with my plan, and I love having that flexibility. So if you want to ditch overpriced wireless bills, you can do so with Mint Mobile. They have a limited time deal, and you can get a premium wireless service for just 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash potterless. That's mintmobile.com slash potterless. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com dot com slash potterless. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. So if you want to solve your muggle problems with phones, use Mint Mobile today. Hey, it's me, Mike Schubert. That's right. I'm the same Mike Schubert from the Potterless Podcast. And if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to hear something similar, well, boy, are you in luck because I make a very similar podcast to Potterless called The Newest Olympian. That is the one that's going on currently. If you get caught up with Potterless, you will see that I only post episodes every month or so. But The Newest Olympian has weekly episodes, and that is a podcast with a similar structure to Potterless. But it's about the Percy Jackson books. That's right. I also didn't read those as a kid. So if you want to hear me going through that whole series for the first time, you can listen to The Newest Olympian wherever you get your podcasts by searching for The Newest Olympian or going to our website, thenewestolympian.com. I've made my way through the first five books so far. I covered the first movie and the TV show. I did interviews with people who made the TV show, and I'm soon getting into the Heroes of Olympus sequel books. So again, that's The Newest Olympian, and you can listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. So... Hermione points out that the sign predates Grindelwald. Harry is a bit hesitant, but Hermione brings up that Beetle the Bard has to be for something. And then Harry gets all pissy, like, why do we keep trying to convince ourselves that Dumbledore left us clues? Um, he did. Yeah. That's exactly what he did. <laughs> Always leaving clues. This is Dumbledore's thing, you stupid yes. person. <laughs> Don't you know this by now? Yeah, come on. Haven't you read the first six books, Harry? <laughs> So then Ron brings up uh, the put outer worked <laughs> and also the quibbler has been very pro Harry. And also I want to get on Hermione's good side. Yes, which we will learn very soon. But Ron says, it looks like trusting Dumbledore and Xenophilius is probably a good idea. So he comes forward saying, I agree with Hermione. Ron then decides to put it up to a vote. Hermione begrudgingly sides with Ron. They win two to one. And Ron says, oh, come on. The love goods are close to the burrow. Let's head over there. And afterwards, Harry takes Ron aside and says, you only did that to get on Hermione's good side. And Ron says, quote, all's fair in love and war. And this allows for a little bit of both, which is amazing. I love this play by Ron. Yes. I have two things to say to that. Mm -hmm. Okay. First of all, you left out. Harry says, why didn't Dumbledore just tell us what the symbol means? Mm -hmm. And Hermione said, maybe it's something you need to find out for yourself, Ooh. which is important. Okay. Didn't it then say something about how one of them agreed, but they didn't really believe it? Yeah. Ron agrees. And he said, oh, that sounds smart. And then Hermione says, no, it doesn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, she, she's like, I'm just trying to get Harry to go there. <laughs> <laughs> that is how you can tell how upset Hermione is at Ron yes. is that she just willingly called herself not smart. I That's know. huge. That's how upset this woman she is. She just like allowed herself to call her own bluff. <laughs> and what you were saying, what Ron said about all is fair in love and war, I was like, wait, that's like a muggle saying. And then I looked it up and it's supposed to be some book written in 1579 and how would he know, like, a muggle saying, quote, because when we read further into these chapters, 
Ron, this is just like a little offhand remark, Mm -hmm. but Ron starts like making wizard superstitions and Harry and Hermione are like, we've never heard those. We grew up with muggles. Isn't that interesting that he would know like a muggle saying too? The only thing I can think is that Arthur Weasley, who loves muggles, knows it. Yeah, maybe. And said it to him. But Arthur Weasley also doesn't know how American money works, which is just numbers on rectangles. So (laughs) not real great there. (laughs) How do I do this math? These say 10 on them. Are they worth 10? Yes, Arthur. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) It also says it in letters on a dollar bill. Like it says $10. (laughs) Well, is it pounds? Isn't isn't it British money? But British money still works the same. Like, I don't know what the hell galleons look like. It still has numbers and stuff, right? Yeah, but British money still is numbers on rectangles. They're just colored, so they look like Monopoly money, and they're different shapes. I just don't understand how he can't put the concept of basic math and rectangles together. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Shouldn't be that hard. (laughs) I I don't disagree. (laughs) So they disapparate. They go into the hills that separate where the Lovegoods live from the borough. It's the Christmas holidays, so Luna should be back in town. And Ron reveals to Harry and Hermione that he didn't go home when he was away from them out of fear of ridicule from Fred, George, and Ginny, which is very nice. So he ended up going to Bill and Fleur's. And Bill actually pulled out a big bro move here. So nice to take him in. Mm -hmm. Bill lied to his own mother to keep Ron secret, saying that he and Fleur just wanted to spend their first holiday as a married couple together. And Ron says to Harry and Hermione. I'm sure Fleur didn't mind. You know how much she hates Celestina Warbeck, (laughs) which is very good. So they start searching for the Lovegood's house and they see a cottage in the middle of nowhere that seems deserted, but that's not it. So they disapparate further up the hill and then Ron sees a house that looks like a rook. Hermione says, that doesn't look like a bird. And then Ron says, I meant a chess rook. Two things here. One, I didn't know that a rook was also a bird. Did you? Me neither. Okay, is it a British thing? Hey, Dottie, is it a British thing? (laughs) And now it is time for British Quandaries with UK correspondent Dottie G. Uh, Hey, it's editing Mike. Sorry to butt in again, but geez, I wanted to save Dottie some hassle here. I just Googled it. A rook is like a ravenish type bird that exists in Europe. It's not like a phrase. Dottie's here to clear up British quandaries and colloquialisms, not to educate Mike on the etymology of birds. She has better things to do. Anyway, here's past Mike, that idiot who doesn't know what any birds are. Oh, okay, thanks, Dottie. So, <laughs> um, but the other thing that I don't get is that this is playing into this whole thing where Ron knows about wizard chess, but Hermione doesn't, and they do this similarly when Ron and Harry know stuff about Quidditch, but Hermione doesn't. I just don't really believe that Hermione, this super smart nerd person, doesn't play or know how to play wizard chess yeah like that seems very unbelievable to me that even if she's not interested in it she knows so much stuff about everything i feel like she would know the rules or at least the pieces in wizard chess maybe yeah that's a good point but i feel like her outlet is just reading i don't know Mm -hmm. that she has any other hobbies which is kind of sad in a way i guess i guess spew is her other hobby which still hasn't come to fruition i'm still waiting for spew to matter oh It better happen in this book. You might just keep on waiting. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So they get close and they see three hand-painted signs outside, which confirm it's the Lovegood's house. Because one says, the Quibbler, editor, ex-Lovegood. One says, pick your own mistletoe. And one says, keep off the dirigible plums. So, yep, they're in the right (laughs) spot. So they knock. Xenophiles answers the door. And he's looking rough. He is very frantic, but his jaw literally drops when he sees Harry Potter. Yeah, it says it made a perfect O in the book. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so xenophilia is then is kind of weird which i don't know if his nervousness is because he's embarrassed by how messy his place is or if he's like actually nervous because of things like fearing the death eaters but after a bit of a back and forth they finally let the squad in he is acting the most sketch okay <laughs> like so sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> so they go inside and you learn that the first room in the house is a perfectly circular kitchen where everything is designed to fit the walls in a perfect circle. And it's painted with flowers, birds, and insects, which Harry believes was done by Luna. And if this isn't in the movie, I'm going to fucking riot because I need to see this kitchen. <gasps> If it's not, I'm going to be so upset. They had two full movies for the seventh book. I'm two-thirds of the way through the seventh book, and not that much has happened. You're in the house, and you it's definitely, like, weird, but I don't know that it, it looks exactly as described in the book. I want to see this kitchen. I also want a perfectly circular kitchen. This sounds incredible. Yeah. And very inconvenient, but incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so they go upstairs to a room that is basically a hybrid of a living room and a workplace. There is stuff everywhere, but there's no Luna. There was a bunch of noises going on, which they thought was Luna, but it's actually an old magic wooden printing press. Xenophilius then goes on to ask why they are here. Hermione then butts in and asks what the giant gray spiraled horn mounted on the wall is. Xenophilius says it's from a crumplehorn snorkak, which I love. I love <laughs> that they're coming into play. But Hermione then butts in and says, no, it isn't. And Harry's like, Hermione, not the time. We're trying to learn things from this guy. And Hermione's like, we're all in mortal danger. <laughs> <laughs> yes. She insists that it's important that they talk about what this thing is because it is an irrumpent horn, which is a class B tradable material and is very dangerous. Ron asks how she knows this and Hermione says that it is in Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Apparently, it can explode at the slightest touch, which Xenophilius doesn't believe or isn't phased by because he just keeps going on about Snorkax saying that he got it as a gift for his Luna and Hermione is freaking out about being in the same room as this thing. Yeah. He says that he bought it and my first thought was, Mundungus, did you lie to this man? <laughs> but then he says that it's from a young wizard or something, so it's someone else. I don't know if we actually learn who the salesman is or whatever, but this seems very interesting. Mm -hmm. So Xenophilius then again asks why they're here. Harry says that he needs help. And Xenophilius seems like he doesn't want to help. And Ron then calls him out for being hypocritical, citing that he has been constantly calling for people to support Harry in the quibbler. So Ron then says, oh, it's the right thing to do just not your duty to take care of it when presented with the opportunity and Hermione dogpiles on too saying where's Luna let's see what she thinks which yeah. I love that they're doing this actually Ron <laughs> instead of saying the quibbler says that magazine of yours <laughs> Which I think is also awesome. <laughs> Very good. So Xenophilia says Luna is at the stream fishing. He'll go get her and that he's going to help. When he leaves, Ron says, cowardly old wart. Luna's got 10 times his guts. So Xenophilia leaves. Harry looks around and sees a stone of a bust of a beautiful but austere looking witch. But since she's beautiful, we know she's good at magic because J.K. Rowling only makes hot people good at magic. Except for Snape. He's the one ugly person that's good at magic. And this bust of a witch is wearing this very funky and strange headdress. It has two objects that resembled golden ear trumpets, my favorite thing, <laughs> sticking out of the ears, curved out from both sides. It has tiny blue wings, which are attached to a leather strap above her head, and then an orange radish from the garden was stuck to a second strap across her forehead. I am very confused by what this is. <laughs> Xenophilius then returns and says, ah, you've spotted my pet invention. 
who reveals that the bust is of Rowena Ravenclaw. And at this point, I got very intrigued where I first thought, wait, is the horn a horcrux? And then the second thing I thought was, wait, is the bust a horcrux? And then I started having an existential crisis and thought, am I a horcrux? (laughs) I I don't know what is in play, but something is going to be special here. The Ravenclaw thing is, is key because we know, or at least we've theorized from Dumbledore that the founders of Hogwarts are involved in the things that Voldemort are turning into horcruxes. And we know that the Hufflepuff cup is in play and we thought that maybe a Ravenclaw thing is in play. So I don't know if this bust or something else is there, but the fact that it's Ravenclaw really perked my ears and made me think that it's important. Yeah, I mean... Uh, it's okay if you can't say anything. <laughs> I don't want to say anything. Okay, you good. could reread it because you deep dived into his invention. Yeah, well, more it, it'll so, go more. It'll uh, more so than the bust itself. Yes. Okay. I mean, all I did I miss anything aside from the fact that she is pretty but austere and is dressed really fancily, <laughs> and that it's got wit beyond measure as a man's greatest treasure written on the bottom of it. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to maybe go back and check, or maybe not. Or maybe because not. Because I didn't know to look out for it, but we shall see. <laughs> maybe I'll go back after the big reveal. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to. You don't have to. Go back now, but... Okay, so Xenophilia (laughs) says that the ear trumpets are Raxpert ciphers to block out distractions. He says that the wings are a billowing propeller to induce an elevated frame of mind, and the radish, which he reveals is the dirigible plum from the signs earlier, is there to increase the ability to accept the extraordinary. Uh, I am... Terrify! I am so confused about what this thing is or does or is for, <laughs> but Xenophilius offers them some funky root drink and says Luna is on their way back. He asks how he can help Harry and Harry says the symbol and he asks what it means and Xenophilius says, oh, are you referring to the sign of the Deathly Hallows? And then the chapter ends. Dun, dun, dun. And it plays the <laughs> dun, dun from Law and Order SVU. And that's the end of chapter 20. Is there anything else you want to say before we go on to chapter 21? Yeah, I mean, I feel like we got really into it. It's kind of just revving up to what's about to happen, I guess. I'm glad you took a note of things in his house, though. Okay, Ooh, good. I'm so excited to get into the next one. <laughs> me too, me too. <laughs> But we're going to have to wait till the next episode of Potterless to cover it. But Megan, thank you so much for joining. Listeners, thank you so much for listening. And as they say in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, right before they eat dirigible plums, (laughs) wizard on! Are you following Potterless on social media? You should be following Potterless on social media. I am very biased, but I think I am very funny on social media, specifically Potterless's social media. Twitter is very silly. Instagram has very fun behind-the-scenes stories and posts. And Facebook, we've got a whole special group where you can talk about Harry Potter, share memes, and all that good stuff. I'm about to say all of those links in the outro, so just pay attention to that. Potterless is created by Mick Schubert. It is hosted by Mick Schubert. It is edited by Mick Schubert. It is produced by Mick Schubert as well as... Lee Ann Davis, Vicky Garcia, Aaron Johnson, Erica and Calvin Bauer, Jesse Horgan, Natalie Klobuchar, Deborah Wilkins, Klaus Lopu, Rebecca Adamek, Frank Chiodo, Marchismo, Tori Larsic, Samantha Rose, Wanson Feliu, Jenna Dowsett, Kieran Webb, Abita Med, Caitlin Jordan Pontolo, Rosemary Dodge, Jill Belay, Marie Lisa C. Keen, Ariel Bird, Romina Rivdenira, Camille Doc, Russell Dunk, Dustin Roland Cooch, Audra, Eleanor Curlin, Sydney Cawthorn, Billy Hinton, Rossanne Batamana, Andrea Franz, Nikita Power, Lala Palmer, Chelsea Green, Taylor Armstead, Lovekesh Longer, Ali Madsen, Cassandra Aponte, Roxy Amelia Cross, Sean Montag, Sarah Nink, Ben Silver, Rachel Guthrie, Zachary Pulido, Jessica Ann, 
Arnica the Daughter, Tiago Caustic, Daisy Carton, Sutter, Jessica Jacob, Orchid Grower, Steve Trelor, Vivian the Owl, Takaria Ron, Haley Hastings, Marino Moster, Pinky Pan, Angelina Withred, Ross Marie Heiset, Finney's Ebner Lee, Ganji Singh, Alex Bashulta, Brian Williams, Caitlin Sullivan, Finn Stuckey, Mosin Siddiqui, Grace Riggle, Sammy Shaw, Raul Pineda, Inganod, Stodder, Mary Wynn, Brian Wingate, Heidi Stoll, Alexandra Consulver, John Cotker, Jenna Juice, Noel Basile, Tao, Emily Tyrell, Michael Russell, Robin Fernandez, Patricia Cologne, Will Barrington, Liz Bigelow, Mariah Noah, Brandon Pickens, Sarah Enslin, Claire Spencer, Teal, Cena Schutzberg, Rory Collier, Gloria Gillum, Sarah and Patrick Donovan, Alicat 29, Halle Bowen, Veronica Bartova, Kevin Harnoy, Lada B, Noah, Tracy Toya, Lucinda, Carlos Nino, Pam Webb, Nikki Emil, Colleen King, Jennifer Marklu, Frida J. Svensson, Idor Peterson, Naomi Guglielmo, Tyler Latra, Summer Raffle, Heather Fleischman, Vera Cullithum, Carrie D. Bagasid, Andrea Crock, Elisa Grieven, Lynn Walker, Emily Gale, Ryan King, Cameron Watkins, Justin Montero, Christine Saunders, Jacob Parrish, Toothless Walnut Weekend at Dead Cat Ladies, Maya Gray, Mark Body, Holly Burge, Kimberly Savage, Surgeon Thumbnail Gupta, Brittany Gutierrez, Nita Atabani, Bavi Patel, Tumnus Moran, Remy Fontaine, Mats Furley, Sarah Shecker, Lauren Cook, Nova VM, Kyle Zita Rosnowski, Emily Tilly, Colleen Mage, Harlan Haskins, Akonsha Saxena, Wouter Vandermaiden, Shelby Darnell, Noelia, Reese Clark, Adriana Cox, Ryan, You Can Beep Eats Waffles, Ushin Large, Jenny Campione, Nikki Harris, Cara Hamilton, Dorcas, and Can't I Potter? Web designed by Kelly Beckman, and the music is by Bettina Campamanes. You can find Potterless on social media at Facebook.com slash Potterless, Twitter.com slash Potterless Pod, Instagram.com slash Potterless Podcast, and Reddit.com slash r slash Potterless. All information about the show lives at PotterlessPodcast.com, and bonus content is at Patreon.com slash Potterless. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, as they say in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, a wizard on! Hey, it's me, Mike Schubert. That's right, I'm the same Mike Schubert from the Potterless Podcast. And if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to hear something similar, well, boy, are you in luck because I make a very similar podcast to Potterless called The Newest Olympian. That is the one that's going on currently. If you get caught up with Potterless, you will see that I only post episodes every month or so. But The Newest Olympian has weekly episodes, and that is a podcast with a similar structure to Potterless, but it's about the Percy Jackson books. That's right, I also didn't read those as a kid. So if you want to hear me going through that whole series for the first time, you can listen to The Newest Olympian wherever you get your podcasts by searching for The Newest Olympian or going to our website, thenewestolympian.com. I've made my way through the first five books so far. I covered the first movie and the TV show. I did interviews with people who made the TV show, and I'm soon getting into the Heroes of Olympus sequel books. So again, that's The Newest Olympian, and you can listen to it wherever you get your podcasts.